Hello and welcome to Cinema Spectator, a show where an expert and a casual movie fan watch movies in the cinematic canon. Today's film is Eternal Sunshine of the Spotless Mind, directed by Michel Gondry, starring Jim Carrey and Kate Winslet. My name is Cameron Tuttle and I'm joined with Isaac Ransom. Isaac, how are you doing? I am doing good. I'm doing I'm doing very well, yes. Um, my room is just a tiny bit more organized and I'm about settled a little bit. There's still a lot of things to get, but like the TV's hooked up on a stand. So <laughs> what more do you want? You know, No longer on the floor. No longer yes. on the floor. That's always a step yeah. up, you know? Yeah, I, I, I followed through with a Facebook marketplace posting. There was this like Ikea stand I've been looking for. And I found it. Someone was moving. It's a little beat up, but like such a steal compared to the retail price. And like the the thing is, is I just knew it was going to be a crazy experience because you reach out to this person. And of course, when I get to the spot that I was supposed to pick up the TV stand, um, my Facebook messenger said I was just permanently offline. I don't know. Oh, like I had, yeah, I had yeah. like f- full bars and everything. And so I don't know if there was some security feature or something. But we had to like sign in on Juliana's phone and then it was in this apartment complex. It was on the fourth story and this TV stand was super heavy. So I had Juliana carry it with me and then it didn't even fit in my hatchback. So we like drove with it out, hanging out the side. (laughs) It was ridiculous. I was like, man, you got to jump through some hoops for that discount, you know, but overall... Yeah, things things are good. I mean, yesterday I was playing um, Zombies. I had Bob over, who was on our old podcast once or twice, and I was like, "Hey, this feels kind of this feels good. It feels like I'm I'm not completely spinning out of control." And tonight I made some stovetop steak, so I just feel like it, the life is life is moving in a good way. How about you, Cameron? How's how are things going? Um, it's been busy. It's been really, really busy. Um, next week I'm going to be up in Tahoe, so I can't wait for that. Um, nice. Taking, finally taking a vacation. It's been like, you know, it, it was funny cause like obviously December, uh, January for me was very slow. Um, but also like a little stressful cause I was trying to get, you know, things worked out and stuff. Um, but now like since like mid January, it's been basically nonstop and, Um, yeah, it feels like, it feels like I've never, I, I, it feels like I haven't had a a weekend or a day off (laughs) in like six weeks. So it's good. It's going to be good to, um, get a, a little bit of a break next week and sort of relax and, uh, you know, ski a little bit. So yeah, well, you were, you were talking about the Craigslist or the, uh, Facebook marketplace, uh, wheels and deals, you know, I'm, I am like a Craigslist connoisseur <laughs> yes yes i um, know cameron <laughs> i i am i love i love uh finding deals on craigslist it's it's really um it's you know it's a it's a pastime of mine i I've, I, I it's a hobby i feel like it, it's it's not a very good use of my time money or energy but it is something that i that i quite enjoy <laughs> so yeah you could find you could find some good stuff on there i just haven't really like I don't know. I'm I'm not really uh, the current place in my life right now. I'm very focused on like getting through the next day. And I, for the first time in a while, I <laughs> yeah. actually did some online shopping today. And I was like, you know what? I'm gonna buy some things for me because everything I've bought for the last month has been like all like just things I had to buy. You know? Yeah. Yeah. For um, sure. So 
little bit little bit of an Amazon splurge. Have you been watching anything good, Cameron? Um no. Uh no. I've been very busy. Uh but I did end up watching this movie twice. So, uh um, Yeah, it's I think that's the first time that's happened in this show, but um I had to, you know. I just had to. Yeah. Well, yeah, of course, this film and I I've been watching um just more of that Avatar the Last Airbender show. Again, I don't know. It's just like a really good uh, sometimes you just need a TV show that you can turn on that you don't pay attention to at all. So that's what that's what it's been, but I've I've been popping in and out of of moments throughout it. And so I'm on the last season and I don't know. It's it's just um it's maybe it's just nostalgia, but I really I really like it. I think I highly recommend it. I think there's some special elements to the show. It's just sad cuz it's only 3 seasons and the first season is like it's good, but like if you watched it as an adult, you'd be like, okay, like that was good, but like not like, you know, not like I'm jumping over the moon about it. Um, but I would say like the second season gets that empire feel a little bit where it's like they're okay with leaving things not resolved. There had just a lot of tension. And then the final season lets all that stuff kind of begin to like resonate. So um, really short too. It's only three seasons and, um, consumable if you're looking for a good cartoon and I've been playing um, a lot of different uh, video games too just because like quick 30 minute things I actually hooked up my PlayStation 4 because I don't have a PS5 anymore Cameron mm-hmm. this is I, I just want to vent to you just as like a friend because it has just been painful dude this jet hard engine going takes back. off <laughs> dude it is like I can't even believe I used to play on a thing like this and it's so loud I'm pretty it's so sure loud. it's insane. I'm pretty sure that my my PS4 hard drive is like failing because like the games do not run that well, <laughs> and um, it's like they never it did. Just, I guess, but I mean, I don't know because I have the first generation PS4. Yeah, me, um, me too. And uh, mine died, and before that happened, um, it was kind of the same thing where like a hard drive was like you know, banging and the, the fans were like going at a million miles an hour. Yeah. Um, yeah. It was just like, yeah, it was, it was time that, that thing is so old that it, it doesn't, it, it really, it has no right to, to still be around <laughs> in some way. Well, uh, Cameron, uh, here's my book. Cause my remote was starting to break on it. Yeah. And I was like, I'm not going to buy a PS4 remote. I mean, I have some, but they're all like falling apart. So my good one was starting to break. So uh, what I did today is I ordered, um, a PS5 remote to hopefully make it work with it. So I'll just imagine that I have a PS5. <laughs> I'll be holding the remote, but I'll be playing on this this bootleg console. You know. Well, I'll tell you what I've got. I think I have two or three um, PS4 remotes uh, that I could that I could give to you. So um, I'm or, not worried about it. Cameron, remind I me on th- Saturday. Don't worry about so. it. Don't worry about it. I bought a nice one. It's supposed to come tomorrow. <laughs> so hopefully PS5 remotes work with it. Back. I think they do. Pretty sure they do. Yeah, that's why I'll just bring him so that you know. Okay, all right. Well, you know, <laughs> I have. Well, what I'm saying is I have some other ones, but it's like every single one has a problem. Like my nice ones triggers yeah. are breaking, which is sucks. And then my other ones, like the sticks don't work, so you can't sprint. I'm like, man, like what the heck? I can't figure out which one is supposed to work well. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. Well, that's probably 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 enough gaming talk because this is Cinema Spectator, a uh, show where a casual and an expert 
review movies. I give my takes. Cameron knows all the facts. You can support us at patreon.com slash ECFS productions. Throw a couple dollars our way. Get exclusive benefits like a commentary track or a bonus episode each month. Get your questions read on air, but none of our patrons ever write in. So if you want to give money, you'll probably have a question on the show. Patrons, there's a DM box. You know, you figured out how to do it on Facebook, so you can you can send a question. It's not that scary. I, I talk to our patrons all the time. I'm sure people who listen for free are like, boy, like these people, no, nobody supports them. But we, we actually <laughs> talk to our patrons because they're friends and, and we've definitely, you know, they support us. We love them. And they're always like, so I'll hit them up after a while. Be like, hey, like, you know, like, do you have a question for the show? Anything you want to ask? And they're pretty active listeners. Like they don't miss an episode. And they'll be like, you know, that's a really scary, that's a scary ass. Like nobody wants to ask <laughs> questions on it. Like it's just too much or something. Maybe we make fun of them too much. I'm not sure. I mean, so we can, maybe we can think about how to, how to get more engagement because I, I, I agree. I, I think there's something about like, for me, I'm a lurker when it comes to basically all the media that I consume. So even yeah. if like YouTube videos and stuff, I don't, I don't like comment or anything like that. Like hardly anything. Um, so I, I kind of understand. I, I get it. I get it, Darren. I know. I know what you mean. So um, well, da- <laughs> Darren's always like, I, I think I have a good question. I just can't remember or something like that. Or he'll yeah. be like, I've always wanted to ask something, but now I don't remember what it was. And I was like, come on, Darren. <laughs> um, Write them down. So it, okay, Darren. Write them down. He's just, he's just punching his, his car horn listening to this. Like, I can't, you know. <laughs> That's actually what Juzo does, though. He, he, he always punches his, not his car horn because, you know, he doesn't have a car, but he, he, he punches, he punches his pillows whenever he listens to our show. So <laughs> I just feel like I can imagine Juzo like pulled over on the side of the road. He like punches the car horn and the airbag goes off and he's just like, I hate this show. I listen to it every week. I hate it. Uh, well, if you don't want to give us money, that's okay. Um, you can just tell friends and family. It helps the show grow. This is rom-com month. Cameron and I have been kind of alternating our choices. So this week, uh, he he picked this film that I'm not going to try to say the name of because it's a tongue twister. <laughs> What's the deal with the name? I mean, I get I like. Well, I mean, the, come on. Once you've seen the movie, you understand the deal with the name. But I I agree. I'm I'm not a huge fan of the name. I think it's pretty cumbersome. Uh, but you know, to be fair, it's a little unique. I wouldn't. I the the only thing is like, it it fits the essence of the movie in some ways well, it, so it, yes yes and there's also the scene where they reference the title of yeah. the movie yeah. in the script and it's funny because i was just while i was eating dinner just now there's a line in season three of avatar last airbender where they say like i mean i guess they say it in other parts of the show but like the last airbender like it's referenced throughout the show like that's like a term so it's like that's why the show's called that and i was like wow there's actually a lot of movies that like have tight like like to think about like other examples where movies reference their titles versus other i I mean speaking of avatar like do i do they even talk about avatars in that james cameron movie is that even like uh referenced i'm trying to think i don't know it might be uh i don't know i I started like he he is the avatar when he's in the world you know but i'm I'm not sure I started thinking about like what movies like reference their titles in the scripts and how that can be like kind of cringy. Um, you, you and know what? Some movies, um, all of the Star Wars, none of the Star Wars movies do, um, yes, yeah. except for The Last Jedi. Now that I think about it, um, and uh, like James Bond always has very like unique, 
names that yeah. they don't reference in their movies. Well, it's usually there's like a there's a line. Yeah, um, but but it's not like it's not like one for one, you know. It's not like, you know, yeah. yeah. But um but I, yeah, but I feel like um I I don't know. I I this movie it gets a pass for me. Usually I kind of agree. It's like a little it's a little weird um when you have a a movie that says, you know, it's the it's name in in the script. This movie it gets a little bit of a pass because it's a it's a quote about the situation that also sort of ties in to the rest of the movie. Uh, but right. I I kind of want to get into that in a little bit before we sort of uh, dive too deep into the movie. I just want to say for the outset, obviously. Isaac, you you had not heard of this. Well, you've heard of this movie, right? But you didn't know anything about it, right? Yeah, I'm, I can give a little bit of my impressions. Well, like not 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 what I thought of the movie, but like what I walked in thinking. Sure, of, sure, what the sure. Movie yeah. was. Um, this film, for some reason, I thought was about mental health. I don't know what I'm not sure. Like I thought it had to do with dementia or something. Okay. Um, and it was weird because for me, there's something about this long title that reminds me of movies that you, you have to watch in school. Like, <laughs> I don't know. I don't like this movie is not related, but like the hunt for red October, which is based on a book. Okay. It's like a really long, like it's a long title. That's very like, okay. Or like, I think about a movie like Dead Poet Society. There's something about the title that's like, um, not cumbersome, but it's like cumbersomely iconic. Like there's not anything that really sounds like that. And I would say that this movie's title feels the same way Mm -hmm. um, where there was something about it and probably the way the cover looked too, where I was like, I just don't know about this film. Like, honestly, I was like, I was like, I just, I feel like it's going to be, um, either something that's very depressing, even though there's the word sunshine in the title. Like it's the, I think it, the, the reason we started with the conversation around the title of this film is because I actually think it really warped my, like my, my expectations walking into this movie. Mm-hmm. Something about it seems darker than it is, you know? Um, and I kind of expected this movie to be a lot less positive. Um, in, in viewing it. So yeah, I was, uh, I, I, it's, it's weird because I've heard of this movie. I've seen this movie. Yeah. Um, and I really thought it was something very different going into it. Yeah. Well, I was going to mention the fact that I don't really want to see, we all, we usually do like a summary of the movie before we, you know, jump into it. I don't really want to do that for this before saying kind of spoilers ahead, because I would say the premise of this movie is a spoiler, basically. Yeah. Yeah. So that's why I wanted to mention sort of why you or what you knew going into this movie, because for me going into it, I had no idea about sort of the major the major thrust or the major pitch of this movie. Uh, and I don't really want to, if you haven't seen it, I don't really want to spoil it before we actually get into it. So pause right now. I would say, watch the movie, come back to it. It's kind of an important movie that you, you realize as it's going on, which I think almost no other movie has that effect. So I really encourage you right now, uh, don't listen to us, watch the movie first and come back and listen to it. That's that's my honest honest assessment of 
of where we are in this uh, conversation. So before yeah. we get into it full full throttle, I just want to caution everybody. Uh, basically, everything about this movie is going to be spoiled. So please. And I, I would second that recommendation too. So if you want to hear like my full breakdown, definitely come back. But yeah, it's probably Jim Carrey's best performance uh, uh, that I've seen him in. I'm shocked by it kind of. Um, and it's, it's worth watching. It's not super bleak. It's not super happy go lucky. It's like this very, um, it's just, I, I honestly like the, the words I was going to say with the reaction is I don't know if I've ever seen anything like it. So uh, agreed. Um, it's, which is why it's, you should watch it before coming to this talk. <laughs> basically yeah so. and it's 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 a great time it's not going to be boring it's not too long so i i, I highly recommend it agreed but you've been warned we're getting into it cameron yes Go ahead. all right so when their relationship turns sour a couple undergoes a medical procedure to have each other erased from their memories uh and it goes on sort of the journey uh from jim carrey's perspective of him erasing his this love interest, uh, this girl, longtime girlfriend, from his memory, and obviously, you know, already there's kind of a um, that's kind of a punchy hook uh, in some ways. I kind of like yeah. that just yeah. co- conceptually. I think it's it's interesting, but the way that it's structured, I think, is probably even more interesting. And you know, it's it's funny. I was thinking about it this last time watching it last night. It's in a wave of movies or like in a in a certain time in movies where a lot was happening around perception, around time, around memory. Uh, think about like Memento and mm-hmm. I would mm-hmm. say even The Matrix kind of uh, deals yeah. with this a lot. But, uh, you know, it's in this this, you know, couple year gap uh, where and then obviously Inception is a little further off. But it's in this couple year gap where there's a lot of movies that mess with structure to mess with memory or mess mess with uh, perception and and th- those kinds of things, so it's very in line with a lot of those movies that are very uh, trippy in some ways and kind of maybe are maybe have like the artsy label to them, but are very much just about messing with form, messing with the film structure in order to make you feel like um, you're perceiving something differently. So, uh, and then I would say. In Eternal Sunshine of the Spotless Mind, the thing that you get from it is um, the backwards progression of thinking about their relationship. And so the structure is set up where, you know, as it's erasing, it's erasing from most recent to least recent. Um, And so you see the structure of their relationship get basically happier and happier as it goes along, Uh, which is kind of interesting to think about because, you know, obviously in sort of a doomed relationship or, you know, something like this, you, there's a, there's a, a good time at some point. And the the first meeting, the first sort of, uh, you know, thing that sparks your interest is the last impression that you get in this movie. And it's really important that that happens because that's that's also what sort of re-sparks their connection. Um, and it's not something that I've ever seen happen in a movie before. Uh, have you ever seen 500 Days of Summer? Yes. Okay. But I don't remember any of it. I haven't, but I hear it's sort of uh not 
trippy necessarily in this way, but I hear it's a little bit of the, um, you know, structure bending. Um, but I, but I'm not, I'm not sure. I, I don't know. So you, you might know more than I do, but, um, yeah. So, so I would say the, the structure of this movie, I think is really what works for me the most. Although, you know, to be fair, everything in, about this movie, I think is, is basically perfect. Um, I, I almost don't think there's any dull moments or any, anything that leaves me wanting. And there, you know, I watched it, I rewatched it twice this week almost to see if I would like fatigue from it. Um, but also because the first time I rewatched it, I was so like hooked. I almost wanted to restart it again that night, <laughs> mm. uh, which is, is basically unlike anything, any other movie that I've ever seen. So, yeah, that's why last week I said it was one of my favorites of all time. And I still think it is. It's just, uh, there's something so special about it. I don't know what it is. It, 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 it captures a, I think, okay, well, let's, let's take a step back. We were talking last week a little bit about sort of the, uh, the process of turning a movie that maybe has a, an element of truth to it, uh, into something that is maybe universal or, or something that's, that's sort of artistically meaningful. And I would say this is a really good comparison to, to last week in a lot of ways. Uh, because my criticisms of the movie uh, about time are like almost fully gone and complete in this movie. You know, it's like it's like if about time it, about time is almost like if they tried to remake this movie, but like slightly worse, you know, and and so mm. like they don't they don't hit on everything, but they do evoke a similar feeling, I think, that I get from from this movie even though it's much more hopeful and much more happy in a lot of ways and has a certain sense of um, just wholesomeness that I don't think this movie necessarily does. I think this movie is very um, sincere, but also pretty realistic about sort of the flawed, uh, flawed relationships, I guess. I, and I would say these two are kind of almost a mix. Uh, this This movie is almost a mix of like Manhattan and about time in a lot of ways. So it's kind of funny oh. that we, that we chose these three movies together uh, because I, I do kind of feel like they're, they're really good compliments to each other. So. Yeah. You know, I think that this movie, I don't know. I, I felt like it was a pretty positive film. I don't know. I'm not sure why. Yeah. There's like some moments of like real pain and struggle with our characters. Right. But like, it's still pretty. I I think I think this movie just feels um, gen genuinely like beautiful, even even yeah. in its ending. Actually, every aspect of this film I think is is pretty beautiful. Um, and and so like I was a little I was a little lost um, for how I wanted to talk about this movie because there was only a few things I wanted to say, which was like I don't think I've ever seen anything like it, and it's beautiful. And those are like the two elements that I was like, it's enough to, for me, like, I, I just feel like it's, it's worth watching for almost anyone, you know? And yeah. as far as rom-coms go, right. Or, or like romantic comedies, like this movie 
it it has a, a, a what I can only compare it like to like a like what Pixar does. Um, mm. It has like a kind of like this Pixar energy um, where uh, I just I don't know like I'm I was just enamored by how they were able to present memory in a tangible visual style and it, and it kind of just pulls you along. And I was thinking about the film uh, inside out by Pixar where it like is able to tap into difficult concepts in psychology and the way your, your mind is broken up and put it into these like visual cartoons. Right. Um, this movie has a way of like making you realize like how, like what it means to like step through memory, but it's not, I, I want to be clear, like it's not necessarily shown in the form of a dream, although he's sleeping, which I know I noticed almost instantly, mm-hmm. right? So as he's reliving these memories, some of the transitions might be seen like dreamlike, but it actually it actually made me consider my own memory mm-hmm. uh, in reverse in some kind of way, and I started thinking about my own personal like relationship and I was like I can remember a few weeks ago right but the way that like it becomes like greater distanced like as you go further back right like I was like that's starting to kind of trip me out myself where I'm trying to remember where I was on that day like in 2020 where I have this memory that was like linked to a picture and then I got into a conversation with Jules after this film where I was like um you know, I don't think I would remember anything if I didn't have any pictures. Like, I, I imagine that's why people wrote back in the day. Because, mm. like, you know, like, how, how, how else were they supposed to remember anything? And so then I just started contemplating my own memory and, like, what it would look like for me to, like, inverse the timeline of someone in my life. Um, and, like, really kind of, like, sit and meditate on that for a second. So just the fact that this movie is putting me in that hamster wheel, I was like they're 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 tapping that like undeniable truth and it's doing something to like it's making it's making me consider um an aspect of my life that i hadn't even thought about Hmm. for a long time like i hadn't even thought about like am i remembering enough you know so much of (laughs) so much of me is like what's next you know go 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 right no yeah absolutely and and so like to come on the other side of this movie i started thinking about like um, what, like, what would I remember if I, like, if I had to really sit there, like I had nothing else, what would I remember of like my relationship with Jules, you know? Mm. And I thought about like some, some ex-girlfriends too. I'm like, boy, I remember nothing, you know, <laughs> I remember absolutely <laughs> nothing about that stuff, you know, like there's just not a lot of storage up in the brain, I guess. Um, yeah. So I, I was just overall super impressed with this movie um i feel like there is so much to talk about about like, with the filmmaking as well the lighting is just phenomenal the way that sets just basically smash into each other and warp is just unbelievable um there's like there's that scene where like he's like going through memory my my favorite part is when he's like i'm supposed to take her to a memory that she doesn't belong in mm-hmm. that entire sequence is just like it's so engaging. It's so relate. Like it, to me, I was like, "This is hilarious." 
It's um, funny. Like, it, yeah. Going through like humiliating moments in life, <laughs> right? I was like, dude, this, and it's endearing. It's like so endearing. It's so like, it's, it feels so real, you know? And all, and, and so like, I know you're like, oh, it's kind of more like, like there's a darker side, there's a human side to it. But to me, I, every aspect that of, of like humanity that's in this movie is so joyful and like mm. positive, even in the worst parts. And I think the ending moments of this movie, like knock that home where even when they're in like something that's so hard and confusing and like dirty, there's like this, there's this need to like lean in and be like, just stay for a second. You know, I don't know. Mm-hmm. I don't know what we're supposed to do, but like, this is good. Even if it sucks, it's good to be like alive, you know, or something. I don't know. Or it's good it, to be it's, together. It's good to, it's good to remember. I mean, yeah, even, yeah. even the moments, I think my biggest takeaway from this couple of times watching it is, um, that moment at the end, which I, I guess I didn't give that much credence to when I watched it originally, but there's a moment at the end where they're sitting and it's the first time they've they've met. Uh, you know, they're at the they're at the beach, they're sitting at the party, and he kind of leans over and he's like, This is the first or this is the last time that I'm gonna see you, basically. And what do what do we what do we do? What do we do now? And he, yeah, he basically yeah. just says, enjoy it. You know, this is, this is the time. And it, it hit me a lot harder this time where I, I kind of had that sim- a similar revelation to you that like, do I know, do I remember things in my life? Not really. Yeah. <laughs> you know, yeah. there's so much that I, that I missed, I think going through life. Mm-hmm. There's so much that you, you take for granted as it's happening and you don't stop to actually enjoy the first meeting or the first, you know, thing. And I think it's funny cause, uh, I was having a conversation with my girlfriend about how many anniversaries can we remember basically? <laughs> yes. Yes. And it's like, it's, you know, some of them we remember very well and some of them we just f- totally forgot about. And there's something about that interaction between the two of you where you're like, I don't, can I, like what major has happened in our lives? (laughs) Like there's certain things that we can really, we can really remember, we can really get a handle on, but a lot of things just kind of fall away. And I think this movie is, is such an illustration of that in that your life is really flashing before your eyes. Mm. There's so much that you, you probably will miss in 30, 40 years that it's it's tough to it's tough to sit through why why I think this movie is much more even though it is very positive I would say and very humanistic um I think this movie is a much tougher movie to come to grips with than something like about time where mm. about time is a movie that's very positive that has a very wholesome essence and I think is very true that you know uh to relive your your moments you really want to to live in the now and whatnot uh you don't want to change things of your past blah 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 i think that's very true but in some ways we kind of all understand that about ourselves we all we all uh, maybe not but but for me i understand like i wouldn't want to necessarily go back and change things 
I think this movie has a much more difficult premise in that some things you it's it's kind of similar, but in you know some moments you you would want to erase from your memory. You know some moments you would uh, want to move on. You know it's a, it's easy to to just move on from, but those memories have shaped you in so many ways that you don't even understand. Um, and I think that I think this movie really hits on that truth uh, in just such a such a beautiful and unique way. I don't know. There's there's something about this movie that I think strikes me as basically as profound in a lot of ways. Hmm. So um, I think I'm I'm just kind of taken back by how it was able to be so meaningful and also so in tune with filmmaking elements, mm-hmm. um, creative elements too. There, there's so much about this movie that is weird yeah, and yeah. unique. And somehow it comes together as something that's actually cohesive, which you wouldn't really expect. One thing I noticed watching this movie next to the, the, um, the lighting and set design stuff was there, there's a very, um, cheesy sounding, uh, score. I don't know what it is. It's a very cheesy score that is just extremely effective. And I don't know. I don't know. Like it's not, it's not often for me to notice a, a score that like, stylistically I don't like but I can appreciate and I was kind of perplexed by it because I was like it's not that it sounds bad it just sounds kind of like um not cheap it just sounds it sounds stra- it just sounds very strange the 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 entire score and for it to also then elevate scenes with that level of weirdness or unconventional sound or I I don't know. There's something about it. That's just a little bit off. Yeah. Um, I I think the score is, is really good actually. And, and I think I, I know kind of what moments you're talking about. There's, there's certain moments where it calls a little bit more attention to itself. Uh, And, and I think it's more in the sort of humorous scenes sometimes. So that's why you could probably see it as uh, cheesier, I guess. But I think the moments that are really effective are like when he's uh, remember when he's like sitting in the car that that like hard cut from uh, uh, um, uh, what's his name? Uh, Frodo Baggins. What, what's his name? Elijah Wood. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, from when Elijah Wood uh, like knocks on his door and there's that hard cut um, and like that Beck song is playing. Like that's a really great moment of, you know, use of effective music. There's that moment where he's trying to remember or he's trying to hold on to the memory. Like it's the first time that he he tries to hold on to his memory. Uh, And it's, it's a very, it's a very touching scene. And I think that the music is used very well, but there's also the main theme, which I think is very simple and also very, beautiful and and kind of unique it, it doesn't sound mm-hmm. like very many other scores and it kind of gets stuck in in your head in a lot of ways mm. which i i love about it i think it i think it works really well it's it's yeah. kind of just keys and bass you know it's like 
very very simple and very elegant in a lot of ways. But I I kind of yeah. I understand what you mean. I wouldn't call it cheesy, but I understand there's like some moments of sort of heightened um it it just calls attention to itself, I guess is what yeah. I would say. So yeah. let's talk about Elijah Wood because if there's any problem I have with this movie, it's that guy. Um <laughs> And it's not that I don't like him. I just, it took me out of the experience a little bit because all I could think about was Frodo um, <laughs> and it, how Frodo stole someone's panties in this movie. No, I don't know. Hilarious. I just, I thought it was just like, he was just kind of a weird, um, I, I feel like so many actors in this movie are on point mm. that to see him in it, it, I don't, I wasn't like fully convinced by him. I was just kind sure, of like, what? Sure. What the, what is this guy doing here? You know. Yeah, I um, I really like that subplot and those characters, sort of the the tech uh, side right. or the doctor side of things. I think that works really well for me. Though watching it again, I wanted more of their interactions and less of the right. sort of doctor subplot. Uh, although I <laughs> I don't. It's not a criti- criticism necessarily. It's just I want more of of them interacting more of those moments um yeah just like at the end it leaves me wanting a little bit so later but this is what i'm saying like literally delete elijah wood from the movie and like what changes you know <laughs> no no no. Like, honestly I, no i think i think he's a good um he's uh, what i like about him one it's a, it's a little bit comic relief obviously there's something funny about his character so funny and sad uh like a little bit disturbing about his character being trying to, to take over uh, on someone's identity, but it also calls yeah. into question. And I think why this movie works on multiple levels for me is it, it works on sort of the, the baseline level about you and your memories and about your, you know, how you experience memories. And then a step above that, it's about sort of, the moral question or the philosophical question about deleting your memories and about sort of what, what would that look like for you if you just deleted someone from your life? And then mm-hmm. on top, on another level above that, it also examines the morals of the people who would be deleting you, someone from your life and right, how right. that could be abused, how that could be so destructive for for certain people even the people who are, you know, doing it to them. And and so like I I like Elijah Wood's character. I think he yeah, it's a little goofy. There's I there's some silliness involved obviously, but I think he represents another another layer of the movie where you are brought to that that level to think about it. You're brought to that level of like, oh yeah, this would be really easy to abuse someone who had their memory erased, although you know, you know, sort of what connected you to the, or, uh, you know, them to the other person, you know how to sort of use that against someone. I think that's really pretty compelling. So I think also he, someone could argue that he serves as like a adversary with Jim Carrey's character where like hit, like he's like this external force that is, taking or it's helping Jim Carrey realize how valuable he has it like with the girl he's deleting from his mind you know 
Um, like it, it adds some, some tension or cherishment, like where he's like trying to hold on to that. Too. Yeah. Yeah. And um, he, he recognizes that someone else is trying to take his spot basically. Right. Yeah, and that's, right. that's another click in his realization of like, oh, we have to get out of here. We have to, we have to stop this, this process. Yeah. So plot wise it works as well, but I think I, yeah, I, I like, I like the Elijah Wood subplot. He's just so funny to me. I couldn't, <laughs> I couldn't stop thinking about Lord of the Rings jokes, you know? So watching this movie thinking it's about dementia is kind of interesting because it's like halfway through, I realized that the movie was serious about its plot. The, the, the first half, I was like, oh, this guy, like the doctors are playing along with like this fake technology that's not real. That's kind of how I was interpreting it mm. at first you know, thinking I was in on the twist. Um, and it kind of brought out, like, uh, an attention to detail I don't think I would have had hmm. yeah, if I wasn't, good. like, um, like interested. Because now I know, like, obviously the, 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 the plot and the, and the devices in the, in the story are, like, they're supposed to be the way they are. It's not, there's not some hidden reveal. No. But the opening segment, um, like I recognized his pajamas, so I knew in the chronological point like where he was. Right, right, right. right. And I recognized when he's reliving his memory of laying on the ice with her, I realized that he was wearing something different the first time. And so I was like, that's probably a recent or different like the like the memories are like kind of jumbled around, right? Um so it was it was cool because I felt like I was suddenly like much more in tune with like the color of her hair to represent mm-hmm. different aspects of time or what he was wearing in certain moments. So I, I I felt like I was following the movie better because I was misinformed because I was like I'm trying to like piece it together. Was it because you were looking just, for it? You were sort of lo- trying to notice the the elements of the movie. Yeah. Right. Okay. That that yeah, makes but sense. I, I, but I will say, I think this movie, even if you are, even if you know a little bit more about it, or if you walk in blind, it has a energy that makes you like it, it, instead of pushing the audience member away because it's like so trippy, you know, like it's not <laughs> doing that thing where it's like it's so weird you can't understand it, you know. Um, I feel like it's a very inviting movie. It it really yeah, does like want to pull you in. It wants you to engage with the visuals. It wants you to kind of tried to figure it out. I think I was surprised how easy it was for me to follow when it does kind of move quickly and it does cut to scenes that are in very different areas and sudden it's very sudden with its cuts. I was, I was pretty shocked how easy it was for me to follow. Yeah. That's, that's one of the things I wanted to ask you or or pick your brain about was this movie is one, like where did you realize that they were going back through their memories? Um, what what was that moment for you? Well, uh, for me, it was like I started to realize that the plot around them actually erasing the minds is when he got back into the apartment. Like he walks into that apartment, and he um, like his neighbor says hi, and he like pops the pill, and he's in the pajamas again. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I was like, oh, okay, like the next morning is where we picked up with yes, yes. The, the train scene. Um, and so like the, the the timeline made sense. 
And as he, when he falls asleep and like people walk in, I'm like, okay, all right. Like I, I understand like what's going on here. Right, right, right. So I wasn't that lost. I think the hardest transition to follow as an audience member is Elijah Wood tapping on the window and then it like cuts to a moment where he's like crying in, in, the, in the car. Yeah. Yeah. Or, and, and then like, he's also like with his sister or, or, or whoever, like uh, with the Tobias guy from Arrested Development. Mm-hmm. Do you know what I'm talking about? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like David Cross. That scene, I was like, I have no, I have no idea what's like happening. Right, right. Now, right you know? Yeah, because that's, um, yes, I, I get what you mean. Well, which is sort of trying to be a little bit convoluted, I would say, at that point. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and it's not very, it, it, it's not very clear in terms of how it, uh, how it jumps from sort of the day or two days later, I guess, back to. Uh, two days prior it it doesn't have any sort of markers of like you know two days earlier or whatever anything like that right. it's, it's very it's very um it just quickly just goes back so i i understand why it's confusing but i wanted to ask you mainly um what was it about the structure of the movie do you think that kept you um uh, that made that kept you locked into the timeline i guess because for me, I, I think I think you're right that this movie is very easy to get a grip on, but I'm not sure why. Uh, and it's something that I've thought about a lot and sort of tried to pick apart in my brain of why this movie is so uh, easy to follow. I think I, for me, the only thing that I can get at is the gradual drip of information and context clues. And it's a it's a compounding effect in a lot of ways. So that mm. scene where they talk about erasing the memory, you get like a very quick flash of the card. And so, you, you know, you kind of have to read it to, and then understand it. Right. And like that's that's the whole plot of the movie. Like uh, Clementine has erased Joel from her memory. And, you know, that's that's on the card. Right. Right. You get that quick, quick flash, and I think it's probably pretty easy to miss or not understand right right away. And then for the next scene, you get a whole explainer about what the process is and how it happens, and the fact that it's serious and whatnot. You know, and he's like in the doctor's office. He like gathers all of the things that remind him of Clementine you know things like that and it's like it's a compounding effect of of exposition even though you basically get zero exposition in this movie uh, mm. which I find really fascinating and and very impressive that you're not you're not totally off put by the fact that nothing is explained to you except for what's happening visually I'd say as an audience member, there's a very early moment in the film that is sort of like a question that you want an explanation of Mm -hmm. from the very beginning. Right. And I'm not, I don't know, like, because I think, you know, Joel's character, Jim Carrey, he wakes up in the morning, he's frustrated, he's kind of like obviously down, and there is a moment where he ditches work. And he kind of has a, a short bit of exposition where he's like, I don't know why I did it. I'm not sure what's up with me. And I can't really explain it. And it doesn't feel like when he says that he's having a spiritual like awakening 
it feels like he's running from for something mm-hmm. or trying to figure something out. It's right. like a mystery from very from very early on. He woke right? up woke up in a funk, you know, is what he says. But yes, you, you're trying yes. to figure out like, okay, what does that mean? And even the first shot of the movie where he wakes up, it's you know him sleeping. He wakes up and he leans over, and you already know that something is kind of wrong. You know that something right. something with him is is off. He looks like he's not sure where he is, basically. I mean, I watched half the movie thinking he had dementia, so, <laughs> like, it, clearly you're trying to figure out something, right? Right, right, right. Um, and, and the movie does a good job of reminding you that you're trying to figure out what, what's on his mind, right? Sure, sure. Um, and I think it seems like there's a bunch... It's kind of weird, his interaction with the girl in the orange jacket, um, Clementine, and then there's the moment where, like his dreamlike state breaks with Elijah Wood knocking on the glass. And finally there's a, isn't there like a, um, with, with him crying, there's the title. Yes. Right. Yeah. That's where the beginning credits roll. Yeah. And so that's like a pretty big indicator of like, this is where the movie's starting to explain where it all, yes, where yes. this all that's is true. happening. That's a good point. Um, so I think I think they do a lot in in sort of that introduction section that prepares the audience for or to be hungry for information mm, mm. and extra attentive, right? Yeah. Um, there, there's something very um, mysterious and weird about the beginning of this film that allows the audience to be extra engaged for the start of it. Yeah, I agree. Um, I want to jump into a little bit of the sort of rom-com elements of this movie. I know this Mm. is technically rom-com month, although I wouldn't necessarily consider this a rom-com. I'm kind of on the fence. Ah, you could. I think you can. You can. Um, I don't know. I'm a little, I'm a little mixed. I'm a little mixed about it, but I want to talk a little bit about sort of their relationship, the tropes in in regards to to the genre i guess um what makes it what d- makes this or doesn't make this a rom-com um so yeah so let, I, let's just talk about clem and and joel a little bit you you obviously get a lot of information about their relationship throughout this movie and that's basically the entire movie is learning about the two of them um did that work for you or was it tedious did it seem good was it i don't know what 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 was your was your thought about sort of just get almost uh, the whole story is just their relationship basically so yeah i was uh, because i was talking to jules about my thoughts on this movie this morning um because did you watch it together trying to no no i wish we did oh okay yeah Um, you should you should watch it with yeah i was like you know it's really interesting because this movie, I feel like, has a little bit of that quirky awkwardness um, in a dating relationship that I usually like scoff at mm. in 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 like cinephile movies where they're like, "Oh, we're, we're awkward because we're awkward," and that's <laughs> it. Feels like drama kids writing love stories, and I'm like, I can't do this. Um, this movie, I think, it mixes the slightest drop of that mm. with some of the best actor actress chemistry on screen um yeah it is just it feels so grounded yet so um like a, a quirky and alive and and i love that um 
Joel's character is already someone that's a little weirded out by Clementine's craziness. Mm-hmm. The fact that they paired them <laughs> oppositely. Yeah, yeah, um, for sure. But there's like a draw between the two. Like there's just something really um believable about opposites attracting on screen and when the present when their presence is is combined and they have such good chemistry with the writing of them being so opposite uh the slight moments of awkwardness are they become like some of the most endearing scenes in the movie up until the the ending where he's like will you just stay it's like he has no words you know and you're just like i'm sitting there feeling all choked up yeah. you know at the end you know i'm like dang man like this is this i i haven't felt so convinced with with chemistry on screen for, for a long time you know i i mean like and we watched about time last week which i think and even manhattan right i would say that like in in about time there's some great chemistry between the two leads and even still it feels kind of uh, it's endearing, but it's not meaningful. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Like it's uh, it's yeah, like it's point. like they they gel well together. That's nice. You know, that's like almost as far as their chemistry goes. Where this movie takes their chemistry to a level of like, not only is that nice to like watch and be entertained by, but it's it feels so real when you're like experiencing their pain the way that they interact in all aspects of their relationship i feel like it's just it's so right on the balancing point of like being between like cringy drama kid dialogue and like just raw chemistry i mean i would i would i would even say like you've seen so many movies where actors and actresses have good chemistry um but they don't it doesn't mean anything they're just great on screen together i always think of this movie called um shoot killers i think it's killers like with ashton kutcher and this other blonde girl that i don't remember the name of but like she finds out that like her husband is like an assassin or something it's some like rom-com movie um and he's like been hiding it from her uh but like the, the together on screen they have just great chemistry but the movie is stupid like you know the movie is just like whatever and their relationship it really doesn't mean much besides it's an entertaining rom-com right um i just haven't seen such sparking chemistry mixed with such meaningful quirky real dialogue that it's just like whoa like what a what a trip to experience watching this yeah you know? yeah well i was going to mention the I think the elements where it, so that first interaction that you see with, with Clem and Joel, there's a little bit of that quirkiness, a little bit of that awkward dialogue, kind of very, it feels very written in a lot of ways. Mm, Yeah. Um, I think it works for me, although it's probably one of my uh, least favorite scenes of the movie personally. Uh, but it, it, it does work. And I think their interaction, especially like the first part of that interaction, I'm not in love with, but the, as it goes along and as they sort of open up to each other, I think it works really well. And that's probably why it, it still worked for me is that it's awkward at first. It's very kind of cringy. And then it, it bleeds into something more natural and something more effortless. And I think that works really well. But I was going to mention the 
the fight in the flea market, I think, is probably uh, it's one of the best moments of dialogue that I've seen in almost any movie. And it's also one of the most informative scenes between the two of them about each other. And it works so well and it feels so real and like uh, biting. And, and it's, it, it's, it's like, there's something about that sequence for me that, that that's where I'm bought in at that point. I'm bought into their relationship and I'm like, Yes, this is the, I want to see this go through. And and it's it's a it's a point of conflict which I find interesting because it it reveals something about the two of them. One is that Joel is not very confrontational that he doesn't he doesn't want to talk about this right now like it's awkward like can we can we talk about this later blah 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 and she's very confrontational she's very to the point she she wants to yell at him basically in the in the flea market and mm-hmm. and it it just informs you so well about their relationship i just find it i don't know i find that sequence to be uh, it's it's one of my favorites in terms of uh it's such a clever scene to have a moment of dialogue between the two of them where they're fighting that you learn so much about their characters before and so much about their relationship before you learn anything actually. Um, Yeah. I mean, I I feel like if you watch, I mean, Cameron and I were at the, we're at the much older age now. (laughs) So, you know, you look at relationships, the way people fight, it's usually like they have opposite ways of, dealing with conflict right and 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 the way they start i mean like even personally in my relationship i'm way more confrontational i want to talk through it compared to jules who most often she just avoids harder like the the harder conversations unless she starts them right um so it's like it's it's interesting uh, I think it's. I think that adds to the way that the movie, the relationship, feels so grounded. Yeah. Um, because it's like when you've lived as long as Cameron and I, you realize most <laughs> relationships have you have they have they have those um those quirks of like the couples have opposite ways of dealing with fighting, you know. And it's like, man, that's it's it's, it's perfectly displayed, right? Yeah, I think it. I think it works really well, and then. As you go along, like I was saying earlier, as you go along, you are more and more bought into their relationship. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Which I think works really effectively. And I, I just, I don't know. I love the structure of this movie. I think it works so It's super well. unique. It's super it, unique. It's done right? like nothing else. And, you know, usually it's so, it's so funny because usually the, the way that you get a relationship is, you know, in a movie is like first love and, and the meeting, you know, and blah, blah, blah. And then mm-hmm, there's the, mm-hmm. you know, then the, you get the scenes of dialogue between the two and then, oh no, you know, two thirds of the way through the movie, you there's a conflict. And then, you know, she, he, he wins her back in the end, blah, blah, blah. You know, and it's a very, it's a very easy structure of like, yeah, sure. Whatever. We've all seen that before, but this movie, it starts with the conflict and starts with the, before you know anything about them, basically starts with the most painful moments, um, and works backwards towards the most 
sincere moments. And yeah. there's there's nothing like that really in in movies. And it works absolutely perfectly. I think it's so good. So what do you mean, Cameron? Haven't you seen Marriage Story? <laughs> I have seen Marriage Story. Yeah, <laughs> I'm just kidding. That movie. Uh, yeah, yeah. I'm not sure about that one. I I liked um, Marriage Story, but it's you know it's nowhere near this movie. This movie. Is- see that to me, Marriage Story. Although there is like really like to they're great actors. I feel I felt like that movie is like they they have great acting in that film. It feels very written. Mm-hmm. The movie feels. I, I'm not sure what it is. And also, I don't know if uh, Adam Driver and Scarlett Johansson have, like, the best chemistry on well, screen. Well, I mean, they are they are supposed to be, like, divorcing, so. Yeah, but, you know, sometimes sometimes <laughs> you see, you, you should I, get, I you get, should what get you a little mean. I get what you mean. Yeah, sure. Um, Technically, it feels like this movie is a divorce movie, too. A little bit. Yeah, this is this is kind of a breakup movie. In a yeah, lot of ways, yeah. I I almost feel like this is the ultimate breakup movie. <laughs> oh yeah, um, no, totally. But in in a way that makes you appreciate life and appreciate your your relationships, you know. Yeah, and it's it's very it's, it's very strange how it does that. That's why that's why I think this movie is so might might be difficult for people. Uh, maybe especially yeah, who maybe. are. Uh, it might be difficult, but important for people who are like going right coming out of a breakup or coming out of heartbreak or something like that, where they, they just feel like they, they want to erase this person from their memory, you know? And it's, it's like, Mm. I don't know. I, I, I haven't had that feeling too often really. So I, I don't, I guess I don't experience that on a first person level, but I, I can understand that this movie is, is tapping into that, um, yeah, and, and it's it's it does feel universal in that way. Mm. But uh, yeah, let's let's talk a little bit about the tropes of. Uh, let's tie it into uh, the rom com genre. For me, why I think this is not really technically a rom com, I wouldn't classify it as. I don't. I think this movie is funny in the same way that like. I don't know, uh, like an action movie is sometimes funny, but I wouldn't, I wouldn't call an action movie like an action comedy, (laughs) you know? So, so in my mind, I'm, I don't know if I would categorize this as a rom-com. It's very much a romantic movie, very much has a, uh, and then it sometimes has a comedic element. So I don't think it, it necessarily hits for me. I don't think it's, a funny movie like it has funny moments cameron you just said i think this movie has romance and i think this movie has funny moments and so i don't think it's a rom-com and i'm like no 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 no. (laughs) i mean i know i know what you're saying i know what you're saying like right like the movie isn't it isn't like outright funny you know like i never laughed out loud in this movie there are like two moments where i laughed out loud both times rewatching it too. <laughs> oh, There's a couple most, moments where I'm like, "Wow, that was that was a good that was a good joke." Uh, but the movie, like, it really did. It made me smile. Yes, a lot. And so I think, yeah, it's. I know what you mean. I don't. I I don't know how to classify this movie. That's why I was like, I don't think I've ever seen anything like it. Like, it's not really. 
if anything, it's a drama, but it's yeah. not de- super depressing. Most dramas are like really dark, I feel like. Um, um, yeah, I, I mean, yeah. I would definitely classify it as a drama. And I would say even in the, like even Marriage Story has some funny moments too, but I wouldn't call that a rom-com. You know what I mean? Like the parts where they're yelling at each other? That, those parts are really <laughs> Those are funny. Uh, no, I, there's a moment where he like cuts himself on glass or whatever. That's kind of funny. There's some moments in marriage story that I, that I laughed, but for, for the most part, it's not a very funny movie. And I would say the same thing about this one. It's, it's not a, it's not a very funny movie. I think this movie has more fun, like much more fun with itself than you're giving it credit. I, I think the, the sequence where they're going around, but even then, I think you're thinking of the sequences where they're he's like trying to hide from, you know, and hide hide Clem in his shameful moments and stuff. You know, there's some there's some goofy elements and he, and that that moment where he's like hiding under the table as like full grown yeah, adult Jim Carrey. It's pretty funny. Yes. I I yeah. know what you mean, but even then, there's some really harsh moments in that sequence. Like what and things that like still uh, kill me every time I watch them. The not in a funny way, but devastate me. The moment where he's he's being yelled at by all those kids to smash the pigeon with a hammer. Oh come on, it's pretty funny. It's so it's I don't know. I get that 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 moment gets me. I don't know what it is. There's something about yeah, it where yeah, yeah. where it's it's so it feels it hits on something that you you felt as a kid. I think, yeah, I think the there were other moments that were more devastating for me. Like, yeah, yeah, because the humiliation, life's humiliation. You look back on it and you're like, you know, really, all that was at, at, at like humiliating moments for me. I look back on them and I was like. The the real really the person who was hurting was like my pride. There wasn't too much else at, in pain at that moment. Um, but it's like I found that the other moments were like more like like the scene after when he walks to his childhood home and it's like that great wide shot of the house that's all white mm-hmm. and very retro and nostalgic cutting to him going back to it destroyed you know yeah um it's just like those moments i'm like wow like i just it's something about thinking about my own house my own childhood house because you know it's it's just like wow i don't know or walking on an old school campus that you used to go to it's just things things decaying and stuff it's like whoa I'm not going to say that it's not serious and whatnot. There's definitely very serious moments throughout this entire film. It's more, it's mostly serious the entire time. Yeah. I was just, um, it, to me, I, I, I definitely don't pull this movie as being, cause I feel like you're making it out to sound a lot darker than it is. I really think this movie is like, um, such a joy. Honestly, that that's the best way I can put it. I, yeah, I don't know. Cause I feel like it's a very sad movie. <laughs> uh, as in, it makes me sad. I I understand what you mean, though. It's joyous in thinking about life, but it's still very sad. I mean, it's very sad. I don't know. I don't know. I I I thought the end because like I just really didn't feel sad afterwards. I just felt touched. Mm. I was like, oh, okay. that was so pretty. That's yeah. And that, like, I I guess touching is a is a good a good way to to point this movie. Yeah, for sure. 
there's something about it too that I, I felt like as an audience member, I'm relating with Joel's character, but I'm also like watching back. Like I'm, I'm sitting back, like watching it almost as an experiment. And like, it's teaching me things about my own life where I'm like, wow, I should appreciate those moments. And, and even moments like where I've fought in the past, I think the ending scene where he's like, I don't know, just stay, even though we don't know the answer or we, we don't, we're not, we're going to have it worked out all the way. Right. Like sometimes that's how life is. Right. Yeah. And that's just like, you should be like, you know, we're not, we're not dead yet. You know, that's like one of my favorite sayings. Honestly, it's like, we're not dead yet. So might as well like try. Right. Um, even if it isn't going well. Yeah. So, do you think, do you think this movie has a happy ending or has, uh, like a doomed love sort of, uh, twisted ending? I love the ending. I think it's super like, I think it actually, that's why I think the movie is so positive. Yeah. I think the ending is really positive. Um, and it, and it, to me, it relates back to the scene where he talks about how he wished he'd stayed at that beach house. Mm, yeah. Right. Definitely. And there's yeah. so much coming back in that moment where like, it's, it's almost like it, it's flipping. It's flipping it. There's a mirroring where, where he wants her to stay, you know? Yes, and, yes, yes. um, but this time he's making the decision to be like, I want you here. I'm not, I'm not leaving this time, you know? Yeah. Um, and there's like something that clicks in the relationship, I think in that moment, that's really, really just, yeah, touching. Yeah. Um, I no, I, I agree with you. And I think the ending is happy. Although there's in all, maybe this is the, the lesson that we should take as, as storytellers in some ways in, in the happiness of the ending, there's, there's the possibility of sadness in the future. Right. Mm. It doesn't feel like a completely happy ending because there is the possibility and almost even the inevitability of unhappiness in the future. So that is, again, uh, just another profound layer on this uh, multi-layered. <laughs> it's like a baklava <laughs> of meaning, <laughs> you know. It feels yeah. it feels like there's there's so many there's so many elements of this movie that that t- that tell you something about life. Where yes, this this is for this narrative for this story, it is a happy ending, but there is still the inevitability of something going wrong. And something yeah, this movie, not going well yeah, in the future. This movie is definitely the baklava of cinema. <laughs> I, I, I believe that. I believe that truly. Um, Cameron, I already said my recommendation. It's for everyone. Agreed. I, do you, yeah, agreed. I don't know. Shot of the film, I, I can't pick, but it's all so pretty. Yeah, it's a gorgeous movie. We, we didn't really talk about that that much, um, just in terms of... The, the cinematography I think is really interesting. Um, it has a very like spot, harsh spotlight effect in a lot of ways mm-hmm. that's mm-hmm. reminiscent of, um, uh, I don't even know. It's, it, it's all, it's almost like, uh, you know, at the end of like fights, 
where like UFC fights where they have the camera that's like right in the face and it's got like an on camera light on it. And, you know, it feels like very spotty and, and yeah, you know, it doesn't, yeah. it, it's got that feeling, but like heightened to 11. And they, mm-hmm, they always mm-hmm. do that when they're in sort of a memory or a dream or, you know, that kind of, they have that effect when it's, um, you know, supposed to be in someone's consciousness, unconsciousness. Um, so, you know, if, it, it feels if it's a very unique looking movie, I think it doesn't, doesn't really look like much else. Um, but I like, I like what you were saying earlier where it has those moments of things smash, like colliding into each other. Um, like memories colliding into the, the Barnes and Noble you know, smashes into the house and, you know, it feels like just the sense of movement is really good. Those shots, I think, yeah. I think work well. The where he like turns around and he like walks back and then all the lights turn off behind him and then he walks mm-hmm. into the mm-hmm. room. I just, I love that shot. So I think they had a lot of fun with the structure of, of how they let, how they lit things and how they blocked certain sequences. I just, yeah, I, I think it's, it's really creative and really beautifully executed. So, yeah. No, I, I agree. I think I, I could talk about think, this movie for literally an eternity. So we should we should wrap it up. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, we we definitely should, yeah we could we could talk for a lot longer. Um, Cameron really enjoyed this recommendation. I think people should go watch this movie. Um, it's great. You're missing out, and it's got an all star cast too. Definitely, really, yeah. Really surprising cast. Great cast. Yeah. Yeah. So overall, oh, highly recommend. Wait a second. We didn't even talk about. You said it was your. It was the best Jim Carrey performance ever. We didn't even talk about. Oh that. yeah. Um, can you? I think I'm. I'm just taken back by how I couldn't see anyone else playing the role of Joel. A hundred percent agree. And it's so weird and because it's not Jim Carrey at all. <laughs> yes, it doesn't feel like him. I think that's what blew me away about it is yeah. that like, it's not, he has cu- some moments where like the kid under the table moment, you can tell like he's trying so hard <laughs> not to lose it. Right. He wants to go full Jim Carrey. Yes. 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 Um, but it's like in watching this movie, I was thinking to myself, not only could no one else play this role in my, in my own mind, but I was just I've like I've never seen Jim Carrey ever act like this. 100%. And and so to to have two things merge like that to, it just cements you know like I I know people love Ace Ventura. I love Ace Ventura too, okay? <laughs> but if Bruce Campbell played the role, you know, like he could probably get pretty close, you know, and we could probably imagine a reality where Bruce Campbell is in Ace Ventura. Now that might be yeah. sacrilegious to some people, you know, but this movie, it, I, I feel like it would be hard pressed for me to think of anyone else that could pull off something like this. Yeah. Um, I a hundred percent agree. I, I think this is his best performance. Um, not just because it's his only serious role, but just because he, he brings something so much more so much deeper to the performance that I don't know. I I agree with you. I don't know if anybody else could do it. It feels so right for him in like, if you said, Oh, this is like such a Jim Carrey performance. You would think something totally different, 
but it it is it is such a Jim Carrey performance. The fact that it it's his per, it was him in a serious role was a big turnoff for this movie mm. for me. Yeah, yeah, I was like, I don't really care to see this. And halfway through, I was like, I was so wrong. Yeah, I knew I was gonna be wrong, but like, I was so wrong. It, like, it's he's just he's great in it, and it, it this is this is close behind Sonic the Hedgehog, but <laughs> um, you know. <laughs> It's just uh, <laughs> nice. Can you believe he's in Sonic the Hedgehog too? Uh, I mean, yeah. He, well, you know, got to make that money, right? I guess. <laughs> Some say it's going to be like Ace Ventura too. Well, we'll see. Okay. Let's let's. I don't. I don't know. <laughs> I think we should just close on that. All right. We should, we should close on that. Anyways, um, highly recommend this movie. Everybody should watch yes. it. It's it's excellent. Uh, I think most people know about this movie by now. So yeah. I'm not I'm not telling anything you don't know, but really, yeah, if you haven't seen it, go watch it. It's so good. It's so good. Yes. We recommend it. We post every Monday. We appreciate your guys' support. Thanks for listening, and we'll see you next week. Cinema Spectator is an ECFS Productions podcast that is fully funded on Patreon.com. Shout out to our producers, Darren O'Neill, for supporting the show and to the rest of you that support us at patreon.com slash ECFS Productions. If you want to learn more about the benefits you can get, check out our Patreon. The show cannot happen without you great listeners, so we thank you for all your kindness and support.